Scott and Liam versus Evil. It's a fucking nightmare, honestly. It's like, I don't know, it's like Game of Thrones, the winter has definitely came. Fucking jizzed all over the place. <laughs> You've always wanted the, the end of the world, the apocalypse. I know. And right now we're experiencing apocalyptic red warnings. I know, but like, I don't like the cold, so I'd prefer it to be like a warm apocalypse. <laughs> like a, a desert zombie movie? Yeah. That would probably get a bit kind of tiresome in the end because then you've not got any water you can't cool down it's probably better to be in the cold because you can use like lifeless bodies as sleeping bags <laughs> I just I just honestly I, I cleaned the car the snow off my car this morning when I was leaving work and my fingers were bright red I had to put them in lukewarm water I think I was going to get frostbite for being outside for 10 seconds honestly it is, an, it is Siberian arctic winds out there it is horrible <laughs> I actually think that's quite dangerous I think if you if you go for cold and put your hands out of cold no, no, water, no. do your fingers not come no, off? No, uh, look warm water. You put them in, you don't put them in hot water. Would your fingers fall off if you put them in hot water? You, you would get fast-tracked to um, frostbite, to blister. Well, we don't want that, do we? No. Uh, welcome to Scott and Liam vs. Evil, episode 61. I'm Liam. And I'm Scott. And today is Scott's pick. It is, and I've picked Maniac, the remake starring Elijah Wood from 2012, and it stars Elijah Wood, so you know it's going to be good. He's going to give you wood. And he gives you wood. <laughs> I mean, he definitely, gave, a... he definitely gave the film producers wood when he was a wee boy as well, that's 100% true. No, I'm sorry, I'm, <laughs> I'm actually, I don't know if he's on Twitter, we're going to send this episode to him, I, I hope he wasn't fiddled with when he was a kid, because he seems like he's quite down to earth and... <laughs> That also, like, that also sounded like you had just accused the producers of this version of Maniac. <laughs> so, what do you do? Are you an artist? I don't know about all that. Maybe you can tell me. I see you too. I have a surprise for you. Please! Help me! Please don't scream. You're so beautiful. It's amazing. I love them. Sometimes I think that they have more personality than most people. So what does your girlfriend think of your work? <laughs> I, I don't have a girlfriend. You never feel lonely? That's, that's why I was calling. You and Anna are a perfect fit. <laughs> you know, hair is the only part of the body that lasts forever. <gasps> Why are you scared? <laughs> what? They will never understand. As long as you keep a secret. But if you can't... You'll be alone. You hear that? A lot of you. Alone. <laughs> it's directed by Frank Calhoun, who is not a convicted paedophile, <laughs> uh, and it's a remake of the 1980 Maniac, which I watched for the first time the other day because I knew we were doing this episode, and I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed. Now, the the original is that in like a first person view because this movie's in first person view, and I was like, I, that's that's new. But then I thought, is that this is going to be quite annoying? I was wondering if it was a new decision or if it was what the original was like. It's a totally new decision. Mm. Uh, I thought the same. Well, like when Maniac first, this Maniac, sorry, when it first came out, I thought the exact same. Well, I thought. Is this going to be good or is it going to look a bit like when you go see a 3D movie and you see all the shit that's obviously in there just yeah. for 3D? 
I thought it's going to it's going to try too hard, but I think it works. Well, it, it yeah, it does it does for the most part. Yeah, I've got some questions as we get further through the movie, like like for what is actually going on. But it it kind of does, yeah. It's certainly for that first kill when he gets that girl in the in the hallway and stabs her up the up the up the chin, and you see the knife I, in her mouth. That is a fucking that is a brilliant impact kill to start a movie. Yeah, and it's pretty brutal, and then just scalps her. It's like that's pretty good. I, I don't think anyone's expecting a movie where Elijah Wood or little, little Frodo Baggins to just kick off with a scalping and a fucking chin blading. We set out to save the Shire, Sam. And it has been saved. Yeah, that's like full on, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's totally, uh, totally full on. And I think that's what's good about this movie, that the rest of the kills are... As you'll get through, uh, get through your notes. The rest of them are all other high impact kills. It doesn't kind of go to the pitfall of the first one being so fucking in your face, and then the rest of them just pale in comparison because they'll never actually, they'll never fulfil their potential to shock after the first one. But the rest of the kills are also fucking batshit crazy. Yeah, which is great. Uh, what's your next note? Well, my next one is like so he goes. I think he's going on a date with someone, and he's in a restaurant, and then he he has what looks like, but isn't fully explained, like a panic attack, and he turns around, and all the people at the restaurant are staring at him. Do they actually staring at him, or is this in his head? I'm thinking it's in his head. Uh, yeah, it'll be in his head. Yeah, I think that's what's quite good about the first person thing that you're kind of on the the descent into chaos with him. Yeah. So when you see like this, the Elijah Wood obviously plays a. What, what would it? What, what is that profession? He owns mannequins. He, he's a mannequin repairman, I think, a restorer. Is that a real profession? I guess like, it's like well, it's like antiques expert and all that kind of stuff. There was a an, or luxury expert. Like these are just made up jobs. But if people want to pay money for what you do, then yeah, it's a job. Right. So to repair a mannequin, if you break a mannequin in a shop, do you not just buy a new mannequin rather than repair the old one? Yeah, but I think he repairs like old, like old, old ones, like for the seventies and eighties and stuff, like classic ones. Or older again. Mm, that's strange. Because I bet you, I bet you, it's like it's like it's like any scene. Once you get into it, you'll find that there's a lot more layers to it than it than it looks on the surface. There's like mannequin repair Facebook groups and all that shit. There'll be there'll be like that. Yeah, there'll be a whole mannequin subgroup of like mannequin appreciators and that. And once you're in it, you'll you'll feel as if that's the only news you ever need. You know. You can see a new documentary, Mannequin Men. It's just a fly in the wall documentary in a mannequin repair shop, and all this shit they got up to. Probably f- it's definitely just got to, it's got to turn into like a sex doll shop in it because that's just what it is it'll be channel 4 it's on I was going to say that they definitely fuck the mannequins I don't know where yeah. you fuck it you probably need to like carve some sort of orifice to fuck which you could do if you're a mannequin repairman because you probably got all the tools it'd be relatively easy I think yeah where would you fuck the mannequin just anywhere well you could you could you could drill a hole wherever you want like on, like on the belly or on the top of the legs or something anyway sounds like you've always <laughs> That sounds like you've always wanted to fuck somebody in the belly. In fact, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the very start of this as well, it comes up with the, the title of the movie and it's very 80s. As a wee kind of nod yeah. to the original, that just gritty, fucking bright red letters up and you know it's going to be nasty. You know you're going to be in for just a wee bit of fun. Yeah. But he, he meets that girl in the, the bar and it goes back to his apartment or her apartment. Can't really remember. Um, I think he takes. I think he goes back to her apartment. Yeah, and she started. This is the redhead. Yep. Uh, so she's definitely got daddy issues. Oh, she is. Yeah. Most most women do. Not being sexist. Yeah. <laughs> most women have daddy issues. Most men have daddy issues. Men have got mummy issues. Freud was right. Everybody wants to fuck their mum. In some in a in a in a in a form, not quite like we all want to actually bang our mums, but it's like yeah. I don't know, man, because right. my mum does a whole lot of knitting, and I have never found knitting sexy. <laughs> but that's probably because I grew up as a young Catholic boy, so I never got a chance to fancy my mum. I was too busy fancying the priests. So <laughs> 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 then, uh, what what was it? What was this kill? Uh, well, is that? He was choking her with something. She's, I think she's going down on him. And then I was like, I thought he was choking her with his dick. I went, well, that cooler if he did. <laughs> uh, and then he just uh, he scalps her. But what I noticed in this one, though, the second scalping it seems to cause him a lot more trouble than the first one. The first one, he just got a knife sliced at the front of the, the forehead and her whole hair came off. This one, it's like, it's more up up close. I think it's a straight razor he's using. And he's like having to really cut it. But I think it was just, that's all to do with the practical effects of the bloods. 
yeah. going down the, the actress's face rather than like a wee bit of uh, computer graphics. Do you say her whole hair or her whore hair? <laughs> her, her whole, her whole hair. Because oh, I was really want an explanation as to what the hair of a whore looks like. <laughs> so then, is it the next one where he goes on the date with the the girl who's not dressed for a first date at all, with a wee short skirt and the kind of mosher clothes? Um, fuck, I can't remember. The only thing I've got is when he goes back to his his flat before this. And he's, he's got some serious issues as well if he can't even trust his mannequins. And I think he's, he's fallen out with them because they're in the wrong position or something or they're banging each other. His mannequins are banging each other. And I was like, it looks like it'd be, pre- it'd be pretty shit to be a maniac. <laughs> no, I think that's when it kind of shows you that the mannequins are actually, he's seen them as real people and it's taking you into the kind of fucking downward spiral with them, which is quite good because I like the way the, the camera lens kind of blurs like, at the sides. So you think, oh, maybe that's what happens when you go mental. I wouldn't know. I'm, I'm no mental. Can I just read out my next note? I know we've just discussed this, but my next note, I forgot I had written this. Of course, he has mummy issues. People badmouth and dismiss Freud, but he's right. It all boils down to either wanting to fuck your mum or your dad, in some <laughs> respects. That's like, and I watched this like two weeks ago, this movie, so that's I'd completely forgot that that's what, that was my thought process then as well. I, see, I don't get that. I, I've never found either of my parents sexually arousing. See, like, yeah, well, there's there's more to it than that. I'm not saying that I fancy my mum or my dad, but it's like, it's it's, it's something about, I don't really know, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's not quite as intelligent on Freud as I, as I think I am. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it's in the next bit where he goes out with the weekend and Mosher Lassie, who right. is not dressed for the winter or for a first date. And she starts <laughs> when he gets her, but in fact, what she says to him when she goes in, oh no, she, yeah, he, he, he meets her online, so this is where you're first getting the internet chats, uh-huh. where it's like really fucking, like it actually takes you back to when you first got the internet when you were like 12 and you were in chat rooms and people were asking like yeah. ASL and you were like, oh, I'm 18, female. Yeah. <laughs> Just lying through your teeth. Well, I remember, I remember pretending to be somebody on, online one time and this person told me they like to piss themselves for sexual thrills, so it was, it was weird, it's shit, man. <laughs> Did you webcam yourself? Pissing. No, I was like, I was like, so I was asking, I was like, what, what do you mean? She's like, no, you just piss through your clothes. I like to piss through tights. And I was like, 15 years old at the time, thinking, so this is being an adult. <laughs> so this is sex? Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember I was, like, I was way younger than 15. I'd gone and Abdi would, was doing cyber. Do you want know cyber? Like cyber sex? And I was like, fucking yes, I do. <laughs> so I was quite a prolific cyber sexer. <laughs> and there was one where the person was like, all right, uh, pick, a, pick a, a location. I was like, no, you pick a location. And they said a bouncy castle. And I was like, it's fucking really weird, but okay. But okay, on the bouncy castle. I'm like, oh, I, 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 I'm kissing you. And the person replied, was like, oh, I keep bouncing away from you. I was like, oh, I bounce after you to catch you. And on for like five minutes. And then I was like, oh, I bounced right out of the castle. I'm gone now. Oh, you're never going to be back on. I was like, is this, what? I was like, none of this is sexy. So I finished my wine and I just cancelled the conversation. <laughs> I was like, do people find Bouncy Castle sexy? In fact, I think this was at the same time I actually had a Bouncy Castle for my communion. So it all ties in. Bye. <laughs> uh, so then he, he goes on a date with her and then she starts stripping. And she starts stripping to the Goodbye Horses song. I was thinking, apart from the soundtrack and this being fucking amazing, the yeah. Goodbye Horses song, I love. And I don't think you can listen to it without slowly swaying. Yeah. And then tucking your dick between your legs and putting lipstick on in front of the mirror. I think so, but I, that's I'm also okay with that. Yeah, I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> uh, now, does he, does he kill this girl? He does. Yeah, he does because she comes back later on with a scalped head, like in his in his mind, and he's talking to him. He kills her. I can't remember how. Probably strangulation as well. Oh no, he doesn't actually. Does not stab fuck at her. Oh, I have, oh yeah, he stabs fuck at one of them, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. No, I can't remember. There's there's a while to go. But when does the photographer girl turn up? The photographer girl turns up just after this when he's in the mannequin shop and he sees her legs kind of underneath the shutters, like try to take. Yeah. She says she's taking photos of the mannequins which don't make sense because the shutters are down, so she's literally not taking photos of the mannequins at all. Yeah, I've also got, like, hot birds that don't just turn up on your doorstep in real life either. So maybe not your doorstep. <laughs> well, every time Lauren comes home. 
<laughs> good save, good save. Yeah, um, I've got another note here about you slutty mannequins are lesing each other off again, <laughs> and how it'd, be, how, how it'd be quite a good party. <laughs> Would that be a good party? Just well, mannequins lesing out. I don't know. I mean, it, it would it, it would um, keep my attention for you, I think. Mm. For, but what what I can't get though, I I haven't figured out what it is that he actually wants. Like, what is he aiming to get when he's dating these girls and then killing them? Or like, what is his end game? Almost. Is he not trying to fight? Is he not trying to like bring back the way he felt about his mother? Because as you see through flashbacks, his mother's getting like double teamed off like two guys, and that would fuck any way up because he's in the cupboard. Yeah, guys. He's more love to get buying big widows, man. That's how you make a maniac. <laughs> uh, I think he's trying to get back, like, just the way because he was kind of neglected as a child because his mom was uh-huh. always out in the randon. Uh, I yeah. think he's trying to bring that back, but the photographer lass is different because it seems like he uh, falls in love with her. Yeah. So, right, here's my another wee kind of note I've got here. Silence Alarm's tune playing, which you've mentioned already. Dr. Caligari was on at the cinema. The tune during his drive around town is reminiscent of the Goblin of Goblins Dawn of the Dead soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And then you get a chase scene in the subway that's reminiscent of American Werewolf in London. Do you think that these are all on purpose? Uh, I think the soundtrack stuff in that probably will be. Cause bear in mind this came out like the year after Drive came out. And everyone uh-huh. went mental for Drive because of the soundtrack. And yeah. I can't remember uh, when Bronson came out. 2007 or 8 or 9 but everyone was going mental for this 80s synthwave so I think all the the soundtrack stuff was obviously definitely intentional to nod back to the 80s when the the original came out and the soundtrack's fucking bitching I absolutely love it yeah Uh, yeah for uh, for Maniac yeah for Maniac Uh, but I never noticed the American Werewolf in London subway the chase yeah and I, I never connected the chase to American Werewolf in London, yeah. But this, so this is the girl that he's chasing, he chases her right out the subway and she just makes a catalogue of daft decisions. She turns into, like, she goes down alleyways and turns up into this, like, fenced-off car park that she can't get back out of. Some would say that she was maybe asking for it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, well, that's that's uh, for a judge to decide. Um, but this is the girl who gets her Achilles tendons, like, cut in that. That one was brutal. It's it is horrible. That's one of the that's one of those kind of pressure points to the body that if you if it gets hit like that, you just think, oh no way. But then she's the girl that gets pr- brutally stabbed, and he's like prop. And the and the and the graphics and the effects are really really good because it looks like it looks probably as close to fake real that you can get. Do you know what I mean? Without actually stabbing somebody to death. Yeah, a hundred percent. But I have a question though. This is the this is the murder where the camera comes out. And becomes third person view. Why does it do that? It happens. It happens another couple of times throughout this. When when he's murdering somebody, it will come out and do third person, and I and I, I couldn't figure out what that meant. Is it maybe just to change up each of the kills? Because if you are just if you are his point of view the whole time, it maybe get a bit samey because you're just seeing stab 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 stab. I don't know. I think it's. I think it's something deeper. I think it's supposed to mean something in terms of his psyche, but I, 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 it's not fully obvious to me. Like maybe he's not like when he's killing them. He's actually it's an out of body experience. He doesn't feel like he's killing them. He feels like someone else is killing them because he's watching. Yeah, that would make yeah. sense. Yeah, because I don't think the whole, I think the whole character he doesn't actually want to be doing this. I think he is kind of struggling with it the whole time. So that would make uh-huh. sense then. That, each kill is out of his own head. Um, so the next part is when the camera girl, the photographer, um, says, oh yeah, that was my boyfriend. Like, what a bitch! She fully led him up the garden path. She went out on like two dates with him. She totally deserves to get scalped. <laughs> she, totally, she totally does. Aye, so it's at her, he turns up at her like uh, art gallery. And I was like, her boyfriend, I was like, stab that cunt, get him plugged. That pretentious gallery woman, I know. Get her stabbed. <laughs> get her plugged. <laughs> that should actually be the tagline for the maniac. Get her plugged. Uh, I'm down with the kids or with the, the criminals. There's a bit where uh, just that, that last guy we talked about with the stabbing in the stomach. See when he's got her head and it shows you the kind of like the reflection in the car door and he's just standing 
with the head of the girl he's stabbed fuck out of. Yeah. That's a wee throwback to the original because it's the same as the poster art. Right, okay. Oh, yeah, yes, that's right. They've tried yeah. to recreate that and I, n- I n- obviously never knew that when I first watched this version, but watching uh-huh. the original the other day there, when I watched this version back again, I was like, oh, shit, I wish I'd watched it in reverse because I'd had such a hard-on for that. Like, just that wee nostalgic nod, I'd be like, fuck yeah, that's like Frank Colfoon, you've done it right and I'm well on board now. Yeah. So he then that follows. Was, that was the least he... interested anyone has ever sounded to someone that I've said. No, sorry, I was I was paying attention. I was trying to work, read my notes at the same time, and I was like, I was I was interested to that. Really. No, I I went to watch the original Maniac to, to fully see and see what um it's all about. There was a wee nod as well when she see the very start when she comes up to or he meets her after online dating, and she said, "Oh, I thought you'd be fat with like long crazy hair." That's a wee nod to the original as well because Elijah Wood's character in the eighties version was a fat, ugly, kinda acne faced, long haired, greasy man. Right. <laughs> anyway, now now that now that you've now that you've kinda fucking feigned interest for that three seconds. <laughs> no, real real interest. <laughs> so is this is this where he follows home the pretentious woman from the from the party because he's annoyed at the photographer, so he takes it out on but he loves her, so he takes it out on the the artsy woman, yeah. But she goes home. I was like, and now I know what I'm going to do after a par- after an after party. Uh, I'm going to go home and blind myself, blindfold myself into the bath. What's sure about? <laughs> it's probably something quite sexually gratifying about being in the bath and covering your eyes and no, no being blindfolded. Right? Quite scary, I think. Very vulnerable. Aye, Rub- vulnerable in this movie, but in real life, you could like, pretend you're at sea or like, <laughs> <laughs> in a pond or. <laughs> Just uh, swimming baths. <laughs> right. Uh, See, when you think of humans, though, mm-hmm. like we are really easy to kill. Like I don't mean I would like kill somebody, but I just mean like in terms of we could we could be killed, we can die dead, dead easy. It's quite scary, actually. Ah, uh, but I think in the t- not just humans, animals can be killed dead easy. You could pick up a mouse and do, like, squash it to death. Yeah. I don't condone that. Uh, I quite like mice. <laughs> Prefer we don't squash yeah. it to death, but it's quite easy to kill a lot of things. In fact, it's probably easy to kill everything. Yeah, I think so. Do you think that you could kill someone? Uh, would I like to? Yes. Could I? <laughs> could I? Probably not. I wonder if I wonder if it would be the aftermath, like of depending on what your reason was, but like the the guilt of afterwards, I think would would be would would be horrible. Like if I message you on Facebook and I I say something and it kind of. Like, you don't reply quick enough. I feel guilty about something that I've maybe said or something that I've upset you. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way I could kill somebody and not feel fucking horrendous guilt that would drive me to proper insanity. Which would probably be worse because it would then drive me to killing more people. <laughs> uh, but I'd, I'd, like to, I'd like to feel the thrill of it, but it has to be someone that's an actual scumbag that deserves to die. Yeah, but then, see, all the way I also look at it, even the worst scumbag is isn't evil all the time somebody loves them you know you know when somebody dies somebody gets killed in like a gang stabbing or something and you read about it and it's like it basically you read through the bullshit in the paper and it's like uh, four people were hanging out in this scumbag flat doing drinking drugs on a weekday when they should have been working and then somebody gets stabbed over an argument over the fucking watching countdown or watching jeremy kyle <laughs> and then they're like oh he was such a nice person he was a big gentle giant you're like mm, was he though <laughs> That, that was such a serious episode of Countdown if it led to that. <laughs> uh, no, but you see a lot of that in the paper where you do, uh, you do think, right, they're obviously a fucking banger. Everybody is yeah. coming going, oh, he was such a nice boy. Uh, he was a nice boy yeah. 12 years ago. I think I think there's some people that are inherently always evil. It goes back to the question, if you could go back in time and you were in a room with baby Hitler, would you kill it? No. No, you wouldn't? No. Why not? Because you're a Nazi. <laughs> Can you imagine the population problem we'd have if Hitler didn't? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I think that went too high pitched that they might want to have picked that up. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't think you should change change the course of history because, you know I mean, you don't know what you would get. If 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 Hitler didn't come along, it might have been somebody ten times worse, or it might 
have led to so much peace for ages that, that, that people are ready to like throw the nuclear bombs straight away rather than wait, you know? So I don't know. I don't think you should change massive bits of history like that. Would you at least give him like a wee, a wee punch in the a wee punch in the chops just so he would remember it forever? <laughs> punch baby Hitler in the face? Aye. A wee, a wee kick, a wee kick in the ribs just so he knows. Just fucking, you better watch yourself, pal. Aye. Yeah. Or actually just maybe sit and explain to him that <laughs> what you're going to do in like 30 years is fucking horrendous and don't do it. But I don't know, I don't know. If it is baby Hitler, if it's toddler Hitler, I don't know what the question can I I think that would need to be it would need to be like like five year old Hitler. Like I don't even think he would even be able to get into the head of toddler Hitler. See if you went back and you met sixteen year old Hitler, would you kill him? I'd be like, alright, you still got two balls. <laughs> <laughs> Not for long. <laughs> I'd, probably just, I'd probably just piss him off to make one of me start the whole because maybe that's what happens. <laughs> that, that's exactly what's happened. Some time traveller, which by the way is also a fucking total waste of time machine if you're going back just to ask him about the number of balls he has. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> the thing is with time travel, like, that's that's for an episode where we've got, where we've got more time, but that is, uh, it's, it's not possible. Or if it is possible, it's not possible to change anything because it would be getting changed all the time. True, but maybe it has been getting changed, but because it changes so much, you're thinking... Like, oh shit, yesterday I did this. But you actually didn't do that. It's just it changed through the night. So when you woke up, you had a new memory. No. <laughs> it's too uh, much. It's too much. Anyway. Um, well, he, I think he kills the arty woman. He's killed somebody. And I'm like, he's torturing them all to punish his mother. But the back slicing was quite realistic. He cut somebody's back open. And it was like, that's that's pretty pretty real looking. But then we get the the third person view again, and it's I guess it really is supposed to symbolise that he separates himself from the murders, that he doesn't believe he's the one committing the crime. But the graphics and the gore are actually tremendous in this film. It is very very realistic. It's, I didn't notice that about the third person camera mode at all. Like, I, that's actually a really good show. It definitely was just to show that he's not in his own head when he's doing it, and I like the back thing. Because the blood came out and spotted the way it would spot if you just yeah. sit yourself, it yeah. really was. It's probably the most realistic on-screen like knifing I've seen since yeah. that mad Russian online video. It was like two guys, one screwdriver. It's yeah, horrid. Have you seen that? Yeah, well, I don't know if I've seen that one, but I was in a group like about a year ago, like that was just videos of folk getting stabbed and all that all the time, and like suicide bombers blowing folk up, and it was like it. <laughs> For a good like two weeks, it just made me just walk about like in a daze. I was like, "This is not right." So I get out of that group. <laughs> I think I'm digging out of that. Group. I know exactly <laughs> the group you're talking about, and I think we all get out of that group just <laughs> at the right time. Uh, so, what's your next note? Uh, my next note is there's a there's a car crash at the end, mm-hmm. and and I'm like, the whole car crash scene is frustrating, even if it's graphically well done. I can't fully remember what happens. I've not explained my my notes, but um. It's it's definitely at the end, and I think it's when he's almost dead because he's like in a fucking he's fucked up at the near the end of this movie. He goes back to his flat and sees all the mannequins, and is this when then he starts to like see them as people? Is but the car things just before that where he uh-huh. is he's in half the photographer's apartment and he has like freak strength because he punches her like fucking through a table with all of it punch strength, yeah. and then throws her pal clean through a door and then he gets stabbed and they end up out in the street and she gets in the car to try save herself that's and right for some reason the car just drives directly into him and crashes i don't understand why because if you're trying to save someone just drive away don't crash yeah. the car and kill everyone yeah uh, but that's in- that's twice i've watched this version of maniac and it's caught me off guard both times because that is fucking hard hitting see when the car hits him that is fucking bone crunching horrible yeah it's it's fully realistic it's very graphically well done and then you see her going through the windscreen it's yeah yeah it's, and then as you say he then goes back to his uh, apartment and that's where all the mannequins all the mannequins have the scalps that he's scalped and they've all then became the people who he's scalped and they're attacking him yeah and the effects are so good again but then who who killed him and turned him into a mannequin at the end. Like, what was that all about? Did he die from his wounds leading up to that point and imagined the girls all coming to get him? Or, well, I mean, obviously the mannequins didn't come to get him, but so did, you, did he just die then from I, his wounds, do you think? I think, and if you've not seen Maniac, 
then we've ruined it. You shouldn't have watched it at the start, so it's your own fucking fault. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you know, if you're if you're for us this long, you know, you know how we go. <laughs> uh, the the mannequins all coming to get him as the people is definitely in his head, and that's when at the very end the riot police kind of kick in, and it's just mannequins with human scalps, and he's in the cupboard, dead. I think he's just died from the blood loss of the knife wound outside, yeah. but in his head. He's been killed, but that's a fucking brilliant scene when they start pulling his face off. Yeah. Reveal a mannequin underneath. Like, it, I don't know at what point it stops being Elijah Wood and it becomes a practical dummy because it's done so fucking well. Yeah, that's yeah, it's really good as well, isn't it? It's really good. In fact, like it's underrated how good it is. Oh, the effects, are, the effects are absolutely outstanding in this. And do you think that that's part of his like kind of maniac or his like his personality and the fact that? That they poorly skin off that it's like he's dead underneath. He's a lifeless body underneath. He doesn't have any feelings. He's just he, he could never feel anything because his mum was just banging the Mexican men all the time. Oh, sorry, the Italian men. <laughs> were they all Italian? Yeah, they were all Guidos. <laughs> uh, it could be because his mum. I, th- I assume because his mum owned the mannequin shop. That all she did her time was repair mannequins during the day, fuck Italians at night. So pretty much, maybe he thought that. Right, my mum actually has made me into a mannequin. And yeah, that, that would then symbolise that. That's, that's, that's quite poignant. <laughs> well done. <laughs> <laughs> if you get any other notes, I've got um, my final summation. Uh, the only annoyance I've got about the entire film, it's kind of hard to say because I, I do really enjoy it, is the audio. Do you not think every time Elijah Wood's talking to another character... It sounds like he's narrating an audiobook or he's reading from a script. It doesn't sound yeah. like a natural conversation between two people. Yeah, because he won't actually be there. It'll just be the camera that's there and then he'll voice over it at the end. Aye, so that's probably how that's coming. But it's, I think they should have done that. Maybe they did, where he actually recorded the audio still talking to someone else. It just sounds yeah. like he's in his house doing an audiobook, which is maybe actually yeah. how they got him involved in a horror so soon after. Uh, well, not so soon. After Lord of the Rings, maybe just that you've only actually got to be on screen for fucking eight and eight minutes, and the rest that you can do for your house, you just we just yeah. need your audio. But do you think that that's supposed to be? You know how like when you talk in your head, it feels like a louder, deeper sound in your head. Maybe it's that maybe they done it on purpose, but in terms of watching it, it doesn't work. It would work if he's like when he's following people and he's like, "Oh, you're okay," or whatever he's saying as he's watching people. Yeah, that could be deep, but when he's actually like at dinner conversing with people, it still sounds like he's in a room just narrating. That, that was the yeah. only thing that kind of annoyed me. I thought, right, my suspension of disbelief's gone because you're not actually there. Yeah. But no, that's... I've just got my, my summary. By my end summation of it, so it's just pretty much really good. I thought the first-person view, even though that it's it's probably to make you empathise with Elijah... It makes it hard for me to empathise with him, even though I can find reasons to justify killing all the people that he did. Except the redhead, she goes straight to dick in the mouth. He should have just had to got in a relationship with her and had a great life. <laughs> At least for a couple of years. <laughs> the, uh, the graphics and gore are really good. I haven't seen the original, but I assume uh, this is a good remake. It's enjoyable and worth a watch. Seven sexy mannequins out of ten. I feel fantastic. Oh, you just ruined it. Why the fuck did you bring up that? <laughs> I was watching something the other day there and it had a tune that was so similar to I Feel Fantastic and it just creeps me out. I had to turn it off. <laughs> I feel weird. Uh, my summary is when this first came out, I remember Mark Kermwood, he called it nasty and reprehensible. And he said it's very much like the original, which was nasty and reprehensible. And if you like that, you'll like this movie. And he sounded really kind of off with it. Whereas in my head, I'm like nasty and reprehensible. Hello, like yeah. I don't, I don't see any negative there. I think it's a, it's a brilliant remake in the way that it doesn't retell the same story. The story's slightly different from the original, but it's not so far different that you're comparing it. Going, well, it's a fucking terrible remake because they've changed X, Y, and Z. It's, it's quite a, a respectful remake and it's a movie that stands on its own. Whether you've seen the original or not, you can watch it and enjoy it on its own accord. The, like you said, the effects are brilliant. Elijah Wood's acting is insane. You wouldn't expect that from him. 
but it makes sense as to how he he can lure these good-looking women because he's a good-looking man himself, unlike the original where he was ugly and fat and, like, he didn't believe that he would actually attract those women. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's up there with remakes. Like, they can, uh, the good horror remakes like possibly The House of Eyes for different reasons and Dawn of the Dead and not like Martyrs. <laughs> not like Martyrs yeah. at all. Aye, oh God, aye, that was a fucking awful remake. And I give it a 7 out of 10 as well. Mm-hmm. So, similar in that aspect, but not similar in the aspect that you want to fuck your own mother and I don't. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> you must have a comeback to that. <laughs> I need to read Freud more and find it. <laughs> find out just how I feel about Mo and Muller. Throughout the history of the horror genre, there have been those that say horror is for the weak-minded. We, here at the Little Pot of Horrors, do not take kindly to such derisive inference. We are the bastions of tact, good taste, and highbrow horror discussion. Look no further discerning listener, for here, the world of modern horror is discussed with reverence, respect, and similitude of decorum. such a bitch. <laughs> hey everybody, this is Tim Dorn and you are listening to The Little Pot of Horrors. Even the people who hate horror love to talk about horror because they love to talk about how much they don't like horror. I don't know. Do you want me to Google horror movie ghost in the attic? Hi, I'm Nacho Vigalondo, director of Time Crimes and Open Windows and you know what? I'm listening to The Little Pot of Horrors. Seriously though, join us for festival reviews, interviews and guest spots from fellow beloved broadcasters. See, I told you I'd f*** it up. <laughs> My name's Gareth Evans, you're listening to The Little Pot of Horrors. Bisexualized horror, do you mean horror? No. No, exactly. I've got to bleep that now. <laughs> Hello, this is number one New York Times bestselling horror author Scott Ziegler, and you are listening to The Little Pod of Horrors, which does for podcasting what Chucky does for daycare. The Little Pod of Horrors. The best idea since premarital sex on Halloween. Come find us on simplysyndicated.com and on iTunes. If you dare. Just quickly, have you watched anything else this week? Um, I've watched a couple of things, but I watched a movie called LA Maniac. Right, okay. Um, I can talk about, which we put I put together with uh, Maniac as a kind of double feature. We're speaking to the director on Twitter. And uh, he put me uh, on this movie. It's a kind of independent trauma release. Um, it's not very big budget, I don't believe. Uh, but the guy is originally from uh, Glasgow. Um, oh, we were talking right, to okay. it, and I think, but I think he moved when he was really young, like a family relocation, rather than him moving as an adult. Um, so I think he's been there for a long time. I'll just kind of read through my notes as what we've got for this movie. I'll try not to spoil it. Um, it is available on YouTube for free. Like it has been mm-hmm. put up there on purpose, so you're not played, you're not um, stealing it by watching it. But watch it. It's it's unknown actors and un, and it is like a kind of low budget. So take that and it's this is this kind of movie isn't for someone who like the only thing that makes a good movie is like a Marvel blockbuster. Yeah, because it's yeah. It, it's you know what I mean. So there is a difference you'll see straight away. But take it on board that that's how it is, and and you can appreciate that. Then 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 certainly watch it. But so LA is the city of angels, but you'll be hard pushed to find one in Craig McIntyre's version of the place. Uh, there's five minutes until boobs. Um, and we That's follow nice. two. Good. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we follow two kind of parallel stories throughout this movie. One good, one evil, and you kind of watch them try and make their way through LA. You've got a couple of characters, Christy and Graham, and then you've got the cousin Angel, but she's no angel. But Aunt Peggy is the standout character in this movie. She's like dry and just sits in the house and watches TV all the time and just throws off one-liners and stuff. So that's pretty, pretty good. There's uh, there's some real brutal scenes of murder throughout this film, and it's kind of like uh, Maniac itself um but more in terms of karma tricks to stab somebody up rather than having some really good graphics because obviously the budget's budget's less and it feels like it's improvised rather than scripted in terms of the delivery of some of the lines and some of the 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 chat but that's not like necessarily a bad thing because it it does kind of it flows reasonably well and there are again a lot of similarities to maniac like they're scalping a bird and um, the guy graham just goes about killing for seemingly no reason, just like a needs to kill 
Mm-hmm. Um, there are some really good um, practical effects in terms of uh, camera tricks to make it look like he is stabbing the fuck out somebody. He covers a, a face, and one, this is a, kind of a wee bit of a spoiler, covers a face of a, a body and stabs her in the face. Like, covers her with a plastic bag, stabs in the face, and then all the blood and that comes out. And it is, it's quite inspired, to be honest, because it's like, see, in the way that Maniac looked like so real because the graphics were done so well. Mm-hmm. This one on a low budget looks so real because you're like, have they actually killed someone to make this movie? <laughs> like, is this an actual snuff yeah. film? <laughs> yep. Um, but it is it's it is quite good. There's a lot of um, good scenes in it. There's a there's a fun story that, that kind of runs through. Uh, it fully ramps up to quite an intense and realistic finale with a really uh, with an ambiguous ending, which I won't spoil here. But like the realisticness of it is is basically like the maniac and his pal take a couple of blasties to this the middle of nowhere kidnap them and and the fear almost in the lassies is it's it's almost like real rather than than just good acting it's almost real so it makes you and because it's low budget you kind of think am i watching a snuff film i don't know but uh did you double check this isn't an actual snuff film and that's why it's on youtube because they thought fuck it yeah, no, it's, uh, I'm pretty sure it's uh, I'm pretty sure it's legit. It's got the trauma stamp and all that to be, to begin with. Um, <laughs> that, that doesn't make it not a snuff film. There's a lot <laughs> of things there with the trauma stamp that I would question whether it was actually legal snuff <laughs> or not. <laughs> um, but what we have in the whole movie is an interesting story following two characters on their views of LA. One sweet and innocent with her angel on the shoulder, albeit a corrupt angel, and the other a maniac with BC as his sidekick. Uh, and that just shows up straight up Neanderthal views of women. Um, so if you're the type that can watch movies that are fully independent, low budget, with unknown actors, then I believe you'll get a kick out of Alien Maniac. I've watched it twice and I've enjoyed it both times. Think Napoleon Dynamite if you grew up, moved to LA and became a swearing, murdering drug dealer and you've got Alien Maniac and you get 6 out of 10. You sold it. Because I, yeah. I, I watched a bit of it and then get distracted with something else. I wasn't really concentrating. So I need to go back, but the Napoleon Dynamite little remark there has yeah, hundred percent sold it. Because yeah, I thought I thought that the first time I watched it, and then on a second watch, I was like, I think that is intentional. I think that's what the character is going for, like or the, certainly the director is going for. Um, and if it's not, then I don't think it's a bad comparison because it's like obviously Napoleon Dynamite is a good movie. Yeah, it was fucking tits. Yeah, I was last episode. I was talking about Die Zombie Bastards. I actually got an email on Saturday night through Sunday morning and it was from the writer <laughs> uh, apologising that he just got back into town and really sorry about the delay and what I'd ordered but he would send it out and he would include some ultra rare posters from 2005 and I was like what the fuck did I order because I've got the DVD like I literally yeah. don't know yeah it turns out because I was stoned and or drunk I'd ordered a t-shirt <laughs> after <laughs> I watched it so uh, the writer has fucking fast-tracked the t-shirt to me with some ultra rare posters and I thought that is absolutely bitching because I fucking love that movie and see how after I put it in the group and I do just like oh shit right, it's something that Liam likes so it'll be nonsense yeah. Lena, Lena's dad watched it and he asked about more head references and when Lena said, oh, did you enjoy it? He said, I thought the first 10 minutes were fucking terrible. I was like, what, what am I watching? And then realised that I'm watching it totally wrong. And I should just lay back and just enjoy it. And he said, but then he fucking loved it. So <laughs> nobody else has watched it yet, but I have convinced my girlfriend's dad that Die You Zombie Bastards is the best film ever. <laughs> that is impressive. I'll, I'll definitely give it a go. You can get a go when I'm wearing my t-shirt and my ultra rare posters. To be honest, I messaged back saying, thanks very much, I'm going to talk about it again in the podcast, blah, 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 and the guy didn't reply to me, so he obviously doesn't uh-huh. care that much. But <laughs> This week, we are going to Fright Fest, if this Hopefully. fucks off. Yeah. Uh, are you excited? I'm really, really excited, to be honest with you, this time, because like, that whole weekend is like, one of my favourite weekends of the year, and the other day that I got, like, you know how something reminds you of a smell, and it, a smell reminded me of red wine and I just thought oh that's Fright Fest coming up again <laughs> right, right I thought you were going to say just like sweaty movie geek <laughs> no 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 <laughs> no I'm so up for it I actually thought at the start of the week I was like I can't fucking wait like I'm really looking forward to just two days with my pals drunk watching fucking horror and yep. watching the trailers 
it looks like it's way more horror based this year than it was last yeah. year. Which it's and see finding out about even like one of my I think I can't remember the names of them all and I can't remember for sure, but the one that I can remember offhand is Attack of the Bat Monsters, which is a lost movie from the nineties, which I'm ex- really excited to see because it's like one of those it's not like a new film that's getting made now, it is it is a movie that was made years ago that's that's been resurfaced and it's getting a kind of cinema release, so I'm quite excited to see what that's all about. I think they found it and they basically like kinda finished bits of it and done it up and yeah I'm exactly same because there's a poster for it and it's very much like the old Saul Bass Hitchcock posters yeah and yeah that that one and there's something else that I'm um, the Cold Skin from the director oh yeah yeah that's right Frontiers and The Divide those are the two that I'm really like in my head I've given my 10 already I'm really looking forward to oh are you rated them before you've seen them eh oh yeah. aye Aye, because I know I'm going to change can, my rating. I know can like you... Can't it slag me <laughs> off then? No, because you've already got fucking three of them in your top ten next year. <laughs> <laughs> and then that won't change. Whether well, you like them or no. I'm saying that in my head they're a ten, and after I watch them, I'll change. That's different for you going, oh, it's ten out of ten, but I'm actually not going to watch it. <laughs> I'll just believe it. That's how I feel. <laughs> Don't fucking come at me with your cheek. <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, and you go and get a shit out on that. Get ready to go trudge out in the snow and go to work. Cool. Well, good luck with that. With the way the snow's coming down just now, that'll be a challenge. But Yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm in fucking the day after tomorrow going looking for Jake Gyllenhaal, man. <laughs> well, I wish you all the best and I hope you find young Jake. Yes, me too. Next week or the week after, uh, we'll be back with the the winner of the Facebook poll, which was Hausu. Yeah. Translated as house. Uh, a Japanese weird as fuck film that I really enjoy, but I can't wait to hear what you think it, Scott, um, because you know, <laughs> I'm not looking forward to watching it, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> it's, it's fucking bonkers. So it was a brilliant pick by the group. It was a brilliant choice to win, and we'll cover that, but Fright Fest coverage may come before that. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. So where can you find us? You can get us uh, on Facebook if you search for groups Scott and Liam versus Evil. You can get us on Twitter at Scott and Liam versus. You can get us on Instagram at Scott and Liam versus Evil. And you can email us uh, Scott and Liam versus Evil at hotmail.com. But honestly, the best place is that Facebook group, man. Get in there just now. It's a good community and it's getting better by the day. And February has blown January clean out the water with our most downloads of all time. So it's just it just keeps getting better. So fucking yeah. come ahead thank and you get involved now. Yeah, thank you to each and every one of you, especially the four listeners from Guam. I don't even know where <laughs> Guam is, but the four of you are fucking beautiful and I love you. <laughs> uh, so we'll, we'll enjoy Fright Fest. We hope if you're going to Fright Fest, come and say hi. Uh, I know Boz from Little Pod of Horrors is coming and I know Duncan from Podcast of the Stairs is going to be there. Uh, and yeah if you see us come say hi if you're doing something else enjoy it and we'll see you guys next week peace